Welcome to the Daily Dietitian Podcast. I am your host, Stacey Mitchell, registered dietitian and personal trainer. I am so happy to have you here. My goal for this podcast is to break down the latest health topics and help clear the clutter in the messy world of nutrition and fitness. We hope to inspire, educate, and entertain all things wellness. We cut the baloney of the food shaming and focus on making healthy habits that work for you. Join us as we talk with experts in their fields on how to feel our best in our own body and mind. Hey there, today we have a phenomenal vegan chef, Diana Goldman, from her award-winning website, Beantown Kitchen. Diana shares her story about becoming vegan and even hooking her family members and friends on her flavorful dishes that feature plants. Now she has made this lifestyle her business, her passion, and teaching others how to incorporate more plant-based foods in the diet with go-to easy cooking methods. She talks about the hiccups in becoming vegan, from social events to fitting it into her daily lifestyle for her and her family. Diana has a stellar background with a degree in nutritional science from Cornell University and a master's in education from Harvard University and has transformed her education to many faucets in her creative career from Sierra Club cooking show hosts to writing magazine articles, cookbook author in the making, vegan caterer, triathlete, and so much more. I was honored to have Diana on the podcast and share her story. Join us for this conversation. Well, I was lucky enough to get a wonderful inquiry from Diana. And can you introduce yourself and tell everyone who you are and what you do? Yes, I'd love to. So I'm Diana Goldman. I'm based in Boston. My business is Beantown Kitchen, because for those of you that don't know, Beantown is the nickname for Boston. And I am a plant-based caterer, culinary instructor. I provide nutrition education. I teach classes. I've even pivoted during the pandemic towards photography. So I'm doing some professional food photography now, which is exciting. So um, I also do some writing. So I'm working on a cookbook and um, I like to write for uh, magazines and publications. So I do a whole variety of different things that really suits my personality. Awesome. It sounds like you keep very busy. (laughs) I do keep busy doing almost something different every day. So all all good stuff. I'm working. um, I do everything is plant-based related. So vegan cooking, vegan catering, vegan nutrition education, which has become a passion of mine. So it feels like as much fun as it feels like work to me. That's always a blessing, isn't it? It is. Can you share your background and how you got into this path? Sure. So funny enough, long time ago, I studied nutrition as an undergraduate at Cornell. Um, It turns out my nutritional biochemistry professor was someone named T. Colin Campbell. Those of you that are familiar with plant-based nutrition have heard of him. He's considered to be sort of the the father of plant-based nutrition, and he wrote a really um, popular uh, book called The China Study about some work he did with, um, in the 80s on plant-based nutrition. Anyway, lo and behold, I did not do work in nutrition. I didn't find it that interesting. And I went and I got my master's in education and I took an education route. 
And then about eight or so years ago, I watched a documentary, which really opened my eyes up to, um, to animals and the food industry and that type of thing. And I became an Insta vegan, which is pretty unusual. I did some research about how people make dietary changes, how they make lifestyle changes, how they make habit changes. And you don't often encounter someone that makes a decision one day that sticks permanently. And I can talk a little bit about my research, but anyway, I did become an Insta vegan. And then I was like, whoa, I'm actually super interested now in nutrition. Do I need to eat animal products to be healthy? Do I have to have meat for, for iron? Do I have to drink milk for calcium? And I kind of dove deep again into nutrition and I went back to Cornell and I got a certificate in plant-based nutrition. And then I was like, well, can this food taste good? I've always liked cooking, but I'm like, what am I going to eat basically? And I decided I looked on Amazon and I looked up what are the two most popular vegan cookbooks. I'm going to order those. I'm going to check them out and I'm just going to start cooking from them. And I cooked a different recipe almost every day for a year. Uh, and um, I was like, this food is amazing. My friends started wanting to learn how to cook it. So like organically, I started teaching cooking classes. Organically, I started coaching. I did go back and get a certificate to, to become a vegan lifestyle coach and educator. So this all sort of took me by surprise. And the funny thing is my life has become a big, gone a big full circle and I'm back to nutrition again which is um, pretty, pretty fun and exciting for me. I love hearing that. So I kind of followed a similar path. I was like caught in between nutrition and teaching. And I feel like in this area, it's a lot about teaching, teaching nutrition and how to make it work for everyone and altering their lifestyle. So that's a, that's a great background to pull those two together. Oh, that's really interesting. And I completely agree with you. And there's so much opportunity to sort of debunk myths around eating because we're bombarded with messages from the media, from what we read, the, what, the way we've been raised, from our friends, from, from the, you know, the people around us. And it's hard to cut through it all. So it's really helpful if someone can sort of break it down and help you not only with the information about nutrition, but also how to implement what, 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 what you've learned. Yes. Uh, was Dr. Campbell as big as, you know, kind of almost a celebrity as he was, as he is now back then? Oh, <laughs> you know, he, he, he was a fabulous professor and he was really well loved within, I would say, the small community. He, he probably was on the international scene, pretty well known, but not you know, among in academia, perhaps, and probably in government as well, but not with the general public. So now, yeah, he is a pretty super. I mean, he's a superstar. If he were to show up at a a veg fest, for instance, he'd be absolutely bombarded with fans, right? Um, but uh, back then, he could walk around the campus, and no one was asking for his autograph. <laughs> <laughs> that when you mentioned, or when I saw that you went to school there, that was the first thing that I thought was him. And I'm, now it's fun to hear that you say you had connections with him and had him. So, <laughs> yeah, totally. And in fact, um, his his children all do fabulous work, and one of them is his son Nelson and daughter-in-law. Kim Campbell and Kim's written a couple of cookbooks and they do a bunch of really great sort of like they've done a movie um, Nelson has and they do great jump starts down in North Carolina. They were friends of ours in college, my husband and I. So, so fun. 
It was sort of like we made the connection. Oh, so Nelson is is <laughs> Professor Campbell's son, and we knew him, and we knew his dad was doing some interesting stuff. We also thought at the time they ate kind of a strange diet. <laughs> like they're, they're great people, but they're eating they don't eat animal products like that. You know, they were kind of going down that path already back in the eighties. So yeah, it's, it's so funny how how life is that way. That's hilarious. Now, when you were doing kind of your own research with those cookbooks and looking at it, um, mm. did you find the cooking methods and this process to be easy to adapt in your lifestyle? Uh, yeah, I. on the one hand, yes. On the other hand, there was a lot of demystification that needed to happen. So it was like I had always been intrigued by tofu. And I didn't quite get past the like it's flavorless and mushy stage. I knew it could be amazing, but I didn't know how to do that. So for instance, I learned that if you freeze the tofu and then defrost it, you can squeeze all of the liquid, the water out of it. And then it has a fabulous texture when you saute it, for instance. Or similarly, if you get a tofu press, you can also create a fabulous, fabulous texture in the tofu. So I was learning things like that that was interesting. I mean, you don't need to do that. You can make an amazing tofu scramble without freezing it or squeezing it first. But for certain preparations, freezing or squeezing is great for the tofu. Also things like, all right, I was someone that thought I could never, ever live without cheese. In fact, like my mother-in-law had asked me a couple months before going vegan, what's the food, one food you could never live without? And I didn't skip a beat. Like it was so obvious to me, cheese. And she agreed. And so suddenly I find, oh my gosh, I'm like a vegan. That's fine. I can handle this, but I'm going to have to sort of weather this cheese thing. So I quickly sort of looked up like vegan cheese recipes and I encountered an ingredient called nutritional yeast. Um, which is um, can be really um, fabulous source of B vitamins, particularly vitamin B12 if it's been fortified. It's got a great umami flavor, which is very savory and it tastes kind of cheesy. And a lot of people love it, but I was like, what is it and how do I use it? And that's a great ingredient in, in plant-based cooking, particularly making cheeses. So things like, yeah, demystifying ingredients. And I, I was listening to one of your podcasts where you were talking about um, pumpkin seeds. I think it was, yes. you know, some of your top five. I loved yes. that episode. And um, and pumpkin seeds, it was like, oh, okay, like there's this whole world of seeds and nuts and grains that I'm curious about. I haven't used. So it was a bit of a learning curve to, to, to find out how to eat them, how to prepare with them, what are the nutritional sort of benefits of eating with them. So it, it, it was a really, really fun journey, actually. So yeah, it, to answer your question, it wasn't immediate, immediately obvious to me, but um, with a little bit of sort of reading, there's so many great resources online, it wasn't that hard to get up the learning curve. And it sounds like probably finding those kind of wow factor ingredients or those great combos together to really make the food stand out and make you wanting to keep eating it um, is probably, you know, kind of almost that light bulb moment of like, oh, this does work. I am enjoying it. I feel good. And, and all the above. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What are the combinations and particularly in the area of spices, like really experimenting with spices and figuring out what goes well together. I picked up a great book um, and um, it's sort of, it, it's the, a guy that you have one ingredient and it, it's like, okay, it's, it's autumn and here I am in the Northeast and there's so many locally grown squashes, for instance, and I've picked up a, a butternut squash. What are some fantastic spices and foods that go with it? So um, that's great. I'll tell you what, the, it's called the, um, the Vegetarian Flavor Bible by Ooh. Karen Page. Okay. Yeah, so it's wonderful if you like to go local to a farmer's market and you come back with something interesting, you're not sure what to do, you can look it up and it just tells you what ingredients are pair very well with it. So, yeah, you're absolutely right about sort of discovering those things to make the food pop and delicious is, is really great. Yes, I, um, I've been craving um, my fall salads that I did a while back and I just don't have my roasted chickpeas. And I'm like, I need huh. my chickpeas for my salad yeah. uh, because yeah. you, you kind of crave it, you want it. And again, I'm kind of like, oh, wow, I am really enjoying this food. So how do you help your clients in easy ideas to kind of bring on uh, the, the cooking methods in making the food taste good. Yeah. So I like to sort of start really, um, simple. So you mentioned like a, a salad. That's, that's a great place to start. I, I think that a, a, one of the things that people encounter, it's not like people are living in isolation where they're just feeding themselves, mm -hmm. but it's like, I'd like to try eating more plant foods, but my significant other doesn't, or I'm cooking for children or, you know, like what all that scenario can, can pose challenges. So guide people towards bowls. I think bowls are pretty amazing. And what I love about bowls is when I say bowls, it might be like a, um, a Mexican bowl that has uh, brown rice and has some, you know, some sort of refried green, for, in, for instance, that's nice and spicy and some avocado and some roasted corn and maybe some, some um, massage kale and salsa, right? So that's a really nice bowl. Or another bowl might be, um, whether it's a Korean bowl or an Italian bowl, what I love about bowls is you can put the ingredients on a table and people like to have agency. So they like to look and say, okay, I'll have a little of that. I like that, but I don't like that. I like this and I don't like this. And they feel like they've got control of what they're choosing. So I, I, I like bowls for entertaining. I like bowls for easing people into the eating this way because um, they can make choices of what they like and they can use familiar ingredients. And I like them because it, it's just flexible when you're feeding a bunch of different people. And I was in New York recently, New York City recently, and um, I went for a nice long jog and I just stopped along the way when I wanted to take a picture of something interesting. And then when I was done, I had so many photos on my phone of, I'm not sure what you call them, but those wooden boards that are outside of restaurants where they're advertising usually one particular thing to draw you in. There were so many, and they weren't vegan restaurants per se, but they had a picture of a bowl, and beneath it they said, you know, vegan bowl. 
and they were describing it. And that's what they were doing to like lure people into the restaurant. I was like, there's something about this. People really, really like to eat their food in a bowl. They like the idea that it's plant-based because they're aware that it can be health promoting and, or good for the environment or easy on hand, whatever it is, but, and it's visually appealing. So I, I like to guide people in that direction. I also like to suggest perhaps that they maybe add one plant-based meal a day and breakfast can be a great place to start. And there's everything from like a chia pudding or a avocado toast or a tofu scramble or oatmeal is a great one um, for just feeling full and it's health promoting and it can be beneficial for reducing our risk for heart disease and high in dietary, all the things we know. Yeah. Yes. So, um, that's another thought. You have some beautiful pictures on your website showing these bowls. I just pulled up on recipes and I see uh, the vegan Moroccan eggplant stew, um, the super nourishing lemon tahini bowl. Uh, this one, dude, the rainbow noodle stir fry. These pictures look gorgeous, by the way. And so, yeah, the plating method um, looks simple enough for anyone to try. Mm-hmm. But yes, bringing that variety to everyone and just I mean it's like a chock full of antioxidants you know I mean the nutrition is astounding (laughs) (laughs) thank you for your kind words about my photography I mean I think that it's easy to take nice pictures of plants right because they're full of color as you say the phytonutrients the antioxidants a lot of those things reside within the pigments of the plants and when you're creating bowls and you have a bowl of kale on the table and you have a bowl with black beans and some red onions and some cabbage and, you know, avocado and people can choose like they're being an artist as they load up their bowl. And I just think there's something fun about being creative with your food that way. As we're looking at your blog and your recipes, do you have one that like really stands out that always should be like a, a, a top recipe? Oh, wow. Okay. That, so yes, yes. I would say there is one. Um, there's a recipe on there. It's a spicy Asian salad with crispy tofu. And I would say, I know it stands out uh, for a variety of reasons. One, I, as I said, I went vegan eight years ago. I should say I have three daughters who are in their twenties now. And so they were late teenagers when I went vegan and I certainly wasn't going to sort of say, hey, mom's done this and therefore you need to now also. So I continued cooking the way that I was cooking. And then slowly I was sharing the food that I was making. And I found that one of the things that was a really big hit with my husband, with my kids, with their friends that came over was a peanut sauce. So peanut sauce is pretty amazing. And when I say peanut sauce, it can be any number of things, but mine might have like a nice natural peanut butter, a little bit of ginger blended in, a little water, maybe some rice vinegar, maybe some sriracha if you want it spicy, maybe some garlic, maybe a little bit of something to sweeten it up. Um, you're shaking your head. Like it's, yeah, 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 you know, peanut sauces are great. And peanut sauces can be great on like noodles with a little bit of cucumber. You don't make them too spicy, make them a little sweet and kids really like them. So I found that they were all requesting this peanut sauce. And the way I served it, again, the bowl style, I made some quinoa, I roasted some vegetables, maybe some butternut squash, maybe some sweet potato, 
some kale, some the peanut sauce, some onions, some crispy tofu, as I mentioned, and people could just load it up and it's pretty crave crave worthy. It's really, really delicious. And I think people like the idea of, all right, I'm not I'm not vegan. I don't eat this way all the time, but it's kind of fun to go to Diana's and have this meal that I know is healthy and it's delicious and I feel satiated. So I would say I also, I forgot I put some red peppers on there, some, maybe some cilantro. So I've got lots going on in the bowl. People can pick and choose. So I just like to kind of meet people wherever they are on their plant-based journey and just make it sort of welcoming for everybody and think about foods that people would love, whether they're vegan, not vegan, or anywhere in between. And that's one of them. You make it like restaurant worthy at home. And when you can sell your kids and husband and then have other friends and family keep asking, you know, you got something there. Yeah, Yeah, it's, it's, um, I have to say, it's really, really gratifying when they ask, oh, you know, can I have my friends over and can you make X, Y, and Z? And I know it's really, really a, a very nice feeling. So. That's awesome. And with that, you know, there, it sounds like a a simple recipe. You could use some quick, already cooked uh, quinoa. You can roast some vegetables in the air fryer, a quick saute with a tofu, a quick sauce that just makes it pop. And dinner is done in like, you know, less than 15 minutes, probably. (laughs) It's true. It doesn't take long. I mean, you can get, you can get, quinoa that's been frozen even if you want to or you can make quinoa and freeze it yourself or you can make quinoa and keep it in your fridge for like five days you can make that peanut sauce and have that good to go and then you put a little bit on these bowls and then a couple days later you put it on some pasta so yeah I agree yeah it doesn't take long it can come together quickly and it's such a great idea to just like keep some roasted vegetables in your fridge like a lot of our fridges just become compost bins but if you just sort of take them out and roast a bunch, then you're going to eat them. They're just there and easy, good to go. Yes. And the flavors are so good too when you, when you roast them. Okay. I love that. Yeah, me too. Tell, tell us more about your uh, cooking classes and your coaching. Okay. So <clears throat> I do teach uh, free cooking classes uh, for the Sierra Club. So they are uh, once a month. Yeah, once a month for the Sierra Club, they're free. And one of the reasons they recruited me to teach these cooking classes, which are held online. And if you're interested, I'm sure at somewhere you'll you'll put my address so people can contact me. Yes. Um, and I'll make sure that they can get on the list for that. But one of the reasons they recruited me to teach the classes is that um, one of the single most impactful things we can do for the health of the planet is migrate towards a plant-based diet. So they're very happy for me to share recipes with their members. So that works out really well. Um, I also do um, private cooking classes and um, I've started running workshops and they're just small groups of people and um, we cook together. So it's, they're online for now. We cook together and I share recipes in a um, professionally photographed ebook that I, I provide for them. But there's also a coaching component in a sort of a really, really friendly setting. And I like to share the five strategies that I have for people to um, transition their diet 
and to sustain it most importantly, because it's one thing to transition, but it's hard to kind of stay with our, our new habits, right? Yes. So um, a number of years ago, uh, not actually a number of years ago, but a year or so ago, I did some research where I um, spoke to hundreds of vegans, ex-vegans, and aspiring vegans to find out what it takes to transition and sustain the diet. And I came up with these five strategies, and I love to share them in these workshops that I do to really help people. And um, yeah, so so the, and that that that's how I'm running my cooking classes now. So it's sort of like a, a coaching support group kind of session, along with the practical side, which is what am I going to eat? Let's let's do some let's make some amazing recipes. Right. Yes. Um, so you organically kind of came up with these five strategies. Oh, right. So the way that I came up with them was I did this research and I found um, that I found out the majority of times why people tried to change their diet and weren't able to stick with it. Um, and that oftentimes was they were had a perfectionist approach, um, right? That all or nothing approach. I, again, I was listening to one of your podcasts and you were talking about strategies. And, and that was something that came up. Um, so that's one thing. And um, another is, you know, social situations really were challenging for people. So um, I learned from my own experience and also the experience of talking to vegans who have sustained this for a long period of time, really what the strategies are for success. I can share them with you. So the first one is, really boost your knowledge and know your why. So I, I said I became a vegan overnight and that's actually like super unusual. I didn't meet people in my research, a few, but not many that did. And it's particularly unusual for me because I was never a dieter in the sense that I had any kind of willpower to take direction from a diet and stick with it. And I'm not the kind of person that, for instance, would hire a personal trainer and take direction that way. So, so following a regiment doesn't necessarily work for me. But here I was suddenly changing my diet and sticking with it and no issues eight years later. And one of those things is knowing why I'm doing it. And oftentimes, so if for me, if it's about, okay, it's going to make me healthier, that didn't seem to be enough for me, right? Like, but knowing all the other associative um, aspects to eating a plant-based diet, like the environment and so, and health and disease risk mitigation, all of those together really helps me and the people I spoke to stay the course. So knowing knowing these things, doing some research. So in the workshop that I'm doing, we talk about all of the resources for learning more about this. The second thing is um, knowing that extraordinary life changes are possible when you migrate towards eating a healthier plant-rich diet. So 92% of the people um, I spoke to reported experiencing health improvements, which is pretty extraordinary. And 87% reported feeling a greater sense of peace, purpose, and personal fulfillment as a result of changing their diet. And I thought that was pretty remarkable. And I think that when people want to make a change, if they're aware of the possibility, they feel hope and that can help them, give them fuel, more motivation, sustain the course. 
The third thing is really important, embracing support from a friend, from a coach, from a mentor, from an online group. Luckily, in this day and age, particularly with Zoom, um, there's so many different sources for support. And that's, again, another thing that I bring into my workshop, which I think is so important. I mentioned focusing on progress and not perfection. Um, I, I spoke to people, one, one person in particular comes to mind that was doing fantastic on a plant-based diet, um, loving it, enjoying the food, lost 40 pounds. He was getting ready for a, um, a college reunion and he got there. He felt great. And then he like went to a barbecue and he went crazy. And then he said, Oh darn it. Forget it. I'm, I'm stuck. Right. So, um, so, you know, going easy on yourself, taking it a step at a time, getting back on. If you, you know, you fall off, quote unquote, I don't see it that way. But, and then finally is failing through social situations. And I, I, that, that really is the trickiest thing for people eating a plant-based diet. It really is, although it's growing in popularity, it's far enough off, off out of the norm that it can be quite derailing for people. So I have a whole sort of um, strategy um, section um, in my workshop where I talk about that. So, yeah, that's, that's what I, that's, that's what it's all about for my research. Yes. I uh, noticed some of those points were also in your magazine article. Yes, yes. exactly. Tell exactly. us, tell us where people can go to find that. Um, right. Thanks. So I, it's, it's uh, early December now of 2021, <laughs> and just recently, uh, Veg World, which is a wonderful um, online site, I think they, they create a beautiful magazine, they came out with a holiday issue, and in that holiday issue, I wrote about the, these five strategies for um, really transitioning your diet, maintaining your diet, and um, maintaining loving and comfortable and connected social connections with people while, you know, pursuing a diet of plants. It's all ways to make it stick, to fit into their lifestyle, to make it work for them. And you're finding those little key messages that can really help stick for people. That's fantastic. Thank you. Yes. So, you have it all from the coaching to the classes, to the workshops, to the magazine writing, and even the catering, right? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would love to hear about that. Okay. So um, I do uh, small and medium-sized catering jobs. Um, I have not grown my business to become a large-scale catering job. So my jobs are on site in somebody's kitchen. And um, I love, 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 love catering. It's really fun um, just because I think the food's so yummy. And I, I did a um, catering job um, fairly recently where the host, I, I usually put together a menu and I'll write everything that I'm serving and then I'll have little notes, obviously, what's gluten-free or nut-free or oil, you know, that kind of thing. And, um, she said, no, no, don't do it. Don't, don't create a menu. She said, nobody knows it's vegan. Let's just see what happens. You know, it, and she knew who had allergies, so she could kind of give them the heads up. And I thought that was really fun because people 
the message was kind of getting around as the party was going on. It's like, wait, 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 there's no meat in this. Oh my God, this is amazing. And like, it's really fun to, um, Hey, you know, in the end, like you can talk and talk and talk and talk about food being great, but to share it with people is the best thing. So I really enjoy that. And again, I love plating the food and, and, I love a party too. <laughs> <laughs> That's always good. Um, so yeah. you have videos on your website as well as recipes. Uh, tell everyone where they can connect with you on social media as well as your site. Okay. So um, my my site is the same as my business name, which is Beantown Kitchen. Uh, so you can find my site where I post recipes and, and blog pieces and, and you can contact me at beantownkitchen.com. My Instagram is the same, beantownkitchen, one word. Uh, Facebook, I have a Facebook page, also Beantown Kitchen. All right, it might be Chef Diana's Beantown Kitchen. Um, yeah. So Twitter, Beantown Kitchen. So I think just about all of the places is the same. Everything else. So within um, kind of the conversation of taking on the plant base, what would be the last takeaway that you would tell someone when, when wanting to start to eat more plant-based meals? Mm. So the last takeaway I think would be to um, not be afraid. I think Fear really gets in the way of so much that we do in our lives, Um, whether it's the fear of I'm not getting the nutrition I need or the fear of how will I fit in, the fear of will my social life continue as is. I would say really, really don't be afraid. Um, My husband has a mug. It says life begins at the end of your comfort zone. And for so long, I had no idea what that meant. And... um, once I, as I said, I went vegan overnight, I was actually kind of afraid for a while. Like, what does this mean for my life? Like, who am I now? How do I fit in with the people around me? What happens at holidays? Can I still celebrate? Do my relationships stay the same with the people around me? Oh, that, will I be healthy? And it's been such a complete joy and pleasure for me. And I've done a lot of educating myself to learn that it's absolutely possible to be all of those things and still eat plant-based. So um, I would say um, don't be afraid of trying something new. And with that, I also see that you're also very active too within uh, (laughs) exercise and movement. Share what you love to do with moving. Uh, Yeah. Uh, So I... That's actually been one of the really, really surprising and nice benefits of going plant-based is I started moving a lot more to the point where um, I wasn't a big exerciser and now I do triathlon. Um, And I enjoy them very much. I particularly love sort of the crowds and the energy of the crowds and doing something like that. So that's absolutely something that I started after going plant-based. But the interesting story is really my husband, who was not vegan for the first week that I was. But after one week, he announced 
that he too was going to eat vegan. He said, I did the research and I seem like I'm pretty committed. And so he wanted to give it a try and lucky him, I was cooking for him. <laughs> so it made it a little bit easier, but he's a pretty good athlete, um, a bike racer, um, a runner. And, but he wasn't, you know, winning races, but once he went vegan, he actually was up on the podium. He was like finishing first or second or third. So in fact, he qualified for the Ironman half, half Ironman world championships after having gone vegan. So, you know, I say, is it because he eats a vegan diet? We have no idea, but we do know that his eating a vegan diet has not hindered his performance. And he will say it allows him to train harder and to recover faster. And that may have something to do with the fact that when we eat plants, we're eating so many anti-inflammatory foods that it does help with recovery. So yeah, that's been, that's been a really fun part um, of, of, of this journey for both of us. Yes. That's amazing. Wow. I had to get, I, I saw your post with the triathlete, but I, I'm, thank you for sharing the rest of that. Cause that's really cool to hear. I'm sure. <laughs> Sure, sure, of course. Yes. Okay, so we'll start in the last couple of closing questions. And the first one is, if you were on a TV show, which one would you be in? Which one would I be in if I was on a TV show? Okay. So this, I'll, I'll tell a little story. Prior to um, going vegan, I was talking to somebody, and I was saying I was kind of jealous of... Adam Levine, kind of bizarre. Um, he's an amazing musician. He's fabulous. But I was actually jealous of him because I had just seen him on The Voice. And I was like, he gets, you know, The Voice, the TV show, The Voice, where they coach um, singers uh, to become sort of, to win and become professional. So he was coaching someone. I was like, here this man is. He has this great talent singing. And he has this, passion to help others and he's able to kind of combine different aspects of his life to like do good for others and I was like I'm jealous because I really wish that I had some kind of passion that I could help you know help others so would I want to be on the voice no but if it was a tv show where I could I now am passionate about sharing information about plant-based nutrition and plant-based eating if there was some TV show where I could be in an Adam Levine position where I was helping others, that would be pretty fun. That's awesome. I don't know of it yet, though. <laughs> well, you are not too far away from New York, so, you know, put your little insights in there. <laughs> exactly. Not too, exactly. Yes, yes. Um, second question, what's your favorite feel-good food? My favorite feel-good food is uh, so, so simple. Um, I love, um, gosh, well, actually two, another one just popped into my mind, but my simple, simple feel good, yummy food is to bake a potato and put some black beans on it with some avocado and some salsa and some leafy greens and some herbs like a cilantro. Another, but a really kind of yummy treat, which, um, I love is just to cut a nice medjool date in half and deep hit it and put some peanut butter in it with like a piece of fruit. Have you ever tried that? No, but I always make date bites with dates and nuts in them. So I'm sure that's fantastic. Oh yeah. yeah. Don't you love date bites? Yes. It's so amazing. They're so yeah. good. <laughs> They're so delicious. Right. 
Yeah, exactly. Okay. So when you do that, you're sort of like getting out your food processor or blender and yes. you're blending that all together. It's so wonderful. But this is even like so simple because you're just cutting the date and half putting the peanut butter in. And okay. I, I know people have given them to their children. So your children might even enjoy them. Right. I'll have to try that. Um, because if I don't have yeah. date bites, then I'm like climbing my pantry of something sweet to like satisfy that craving. So yeah, exactly. I, next time, if I don't have them, I'll just, I'll just open up a date and do that. <laughs> just try it. Yep. It's so good. <laughs> and final question, best or latest book you have read? I read a beautiful book during um, the pandemic uh, when we were all sort of staying in our houses and I was reading with a friend of mine and we would read the book and then we would go for a walk, both of us not together, but we would be on our headphones and we'd be talking to each other. And we had our little mini book club and together we read a book called The Extraordinary Life of Sam Hell. Um, Sam Hell is the name of the boy and it's so, so beautiful. It's about a young um, boy overcoming all sorts of obstacles and it's about a mother's love for him and the way that she um, she fought like a tiger for him every step of the way. So it's just a really, really beautiful, heartwarming book oh. that I that I enjoyed in the past couple of months. And I think it's very popular, she tells me, because she found it on a website of, you know, books that people rave about. And she said when that book's mentioned, everyone says, oh, that's an incredible book. Oh, that sounds like <laughs> a good one. I can't wait to can't yeah. wait to read that. I love those type of yeah. books so good Great. Um, Great. Diana it's been so much fun having you on sharing your story and path to finding this vegan cooking and helping others um, I just I can't thank you enough for reaching out to me it's been so much fun to talk with you today thank you so much Stacey I love your podcast <laughs> it's really fun to connect with you love talking with passionate guests because it inspires me to step up my game to making more plant-based flavorful foods and I'm totally going to be making that simple peanut sauce and veggie powered bowls. Um, Funny thing when I was editing this podcast at first I thought she said goal with a g and then I realized ah yes bowls with a b. What a wonderful, easy, comforting way to make fast dinners with veggie bowls. (laughs) I would love to have Diana back on the podcast and follow up on her upcoming projects. So be sure to follow her on Instagram at Beantown Kitchen and let me know. Message me if you make any of her recipes on her website so I can make them too, okay? I need all the help and motivation these days with making dinners because my mind is thinking of a million other things and dinner is not one of them. Maybe you have the same problem. (laughs) Well, my friends, that wraps up another episode for the week. And thank you so much for joining me on the Daily Dietitian Podcast.